This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Let's kick off the my lighting up. Boy. From my friends. The star of the show. Oi. Oi. I spoke to a radio broadcaster famous here in New York, WABC, Sid Rosenberg. Boy. This Boy. is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help. Before you go to the club tonight, 2001, with Travolta, that little gap man, burn rubber on me. Make this out of Diego. Come on. Let's wake up this effing audience. My man Curtis Sleva, who used to, um, he's a good dancer, man. He could hit the floor, whether it's Xenons in the city or the Fun House in Brooklyn or... Wavelengths, pastels, all pastels, pastels. Uh, Club Zanzibar, Newark. There you go. Oh man, that that's was, that's that really was risque. <laughs> yeah, By the is. way, nobody would get on the dance floor with me and want to do the grind at the end of the night because of how you labeled me with scabies. Well, I must say, you know, um, of course, I do want to thank you. All kidding aside, you are great. You're great on your own show. You're great when you fill in for me, and, and yesterday you were great again. You weren't, and Dominic. Well, look, you know me. I want you to go to Hollywood. I, I want you to be you on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Right. Because that means more talk time for me here at WABC. Right. Well, I got bad news for you. It's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> but but you're sitting there with what looks like something you would clean your windshield with. Yeah, it's, 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 it's And bad. you're rubbing your body because you've got this uncontrollable itch. Oh, it's bad. It's got to be scabies. No. Maybe it's rickets. No, but you, you've maligned me. <laughs> what do you so mean? the other day, I go over to the New York Luncheonette. Oh, right I love down, that place. Right. Great, great food. And I first see a picture of you up there with the Israeli flag with a sash from Israel. I'm saying I can't escape this guy. Every place I walk into, they got a picture of Sid Rosenberg everywhere. <laughs> I'm sitting down yeah. with my wife, Nancy, and then my oldest son, Anthony. And Anthony wants to sit at the next table. <laughs> and I say, Anthony, what's wrong? He goes, uh, you know, everyone at WABC says you have scabies. <laughs> yeah, well, you do. You definitely have scabies. I don't know what your oh, doctor told you. That's infectious scabies. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, Very I infectious. Tell you this. I can guarantee you I did not get a letter from the Department of Health of the city of New York. That was <laughs> yeah. every guy's dread, every woman's dread, right? Because then you'd have to go telling everybody that you've been with right. in, like, the last few months, 
Oh my God! Thank yeah, God, I never got a letter like that. But those days are over for you. You, oh, you yes. love Nancy. Oh, she's the best. You're only infecting her. her. That's yeah, all. That poor soul. And uh, <laughs> you know, you remind me. I have to go to Staples after the show and print out some more eight by tens to give out to restaurant that, owners. You know how bad this is. <laughs> you know, your influence said yeah. a group unnamed wanted me to come in and deal with this uh, illegal alien issue. Yeah, and they say. Why don't you come once you get over your scabies? <laughs> I said, I don't have scabies. Okay, well, here's the deal, Curtis. Before you get into the uh, Harrison Bader stuff, the Eagle stuff, Eric Adams, if you don't want people to think you've got scabies, I would recommend not sitting there itching yourself like 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 some zoo animal all morning long. You're like, you don't stop. Wait a second. And you, of all people, <laughs> yeah. now it's not enough coleslaw on the table, enough rolls. Pretty soon you'll be taking the sweet and low packs as you sit at the diner, right? Well, my uh, my grandmother, who I described as an awful, awful person, my mother's, uh, my father's mother, and I don't take, a, to take that back, she's a horrible person, uh, she lived in Delray Beach. And you go into her kitchen. I swear to God, her salt and pepper shakers were from uh, Wolfie's. Then she had uh, the sugar was from Pumpernick's. Every single, you know, beautiful restaurant that Jews would go to in Florida, she would steal everything from the sweet and low to the salt and well, pepper shakers. Well, she had it all over her kitchen it, it, in Delray Beach. It wasn't just a Jewish thing. My mother, Francesca, did exactly really? the same thing. The Italians yeah, did that anybody too? who came through the Depression, whatever you would leave on the table in the diner, they would try to stuff in their pockets. I said, Mom, how much sweet and low can you take? You don't even <laughs> use sweet and low. She goes, you never know. You never know. Sugar packs, sweet really? and low, everything. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I met your mother. Everybody who came out of the Depression, the same thing. I didn't know that. I did meet your mother um, when I came back to New York, and I've been telling folks that, believe it or not, January the 27th of this month, about three weeks away, will be my eight-year anniversary at WABC. I was only back for a month, and you took me out with the Guardian Angels. And it was an incredible night. It really was. No one knows more about this city than Curtis. Every single train stop he had some really cool, they were very cool, historical points. And when the night was over, we went back to your house in Canarsie. And your mom, God rest her soul, was still alive. She was there. She was a cherub. Yeah, but she you, was a sweet lady. You saw her sitting at the kitchen table. Yes. And you didn't see all the packs of sweet and low. I, yeah, I didn't notice, but now that you say it, it probably they're was. All, they're all from that generation. <laughs> That's they what hoard it is. stuff because they think tomorrow we may have to be on our way. Now, for your people, they got to carry the passport. You never know. We might have to pick up and leave. We're going to put all the sweet and low packs. Now, I did mention earlier in the program that I'm the only guy that can do the sports, the politics, and that's not necessarily true. So here's what give me some more credit. Yeah, no, thank morning. you, thank you. You can do it, too. You have been a terrific sports radio guy over your career. Very, very good. Well, you, you know you know, you know, know why. I've gotten fired three times doing sports at <laughs> WABC and at ESPN, Tim McCarthy. <laughs> Sorry, you got to go. The boys in Bristol said, 
Get that guy out of there, well, or you won't be feeding your many well, kids anymore. I tell you, it wouldn't be a bad idea for John to buy another station and have guys like us do sports, ooh, ooh, too. I like that. The courtesy of a super sports yeah, go up against WFAN, ESPN. But anyway, we can do stuff. it. We can do it, Sid. I know Let's we do could. it. Well, you've got three stories today. Oh. One guy that played for the Yankees that is now a New York Met. An NFL owner who's a Jew that Justin Ellick loves that is stabbing the Jews in the back every single day. You've even got a third sports story, so take it away, Curtis. Oh, let's talk about Harrison Bader. I thought you'd be dancing the horror this morning when you found out that your mega-billionaire owner, Steve Cohen, actually gave a one-year, $10 million contract to Harrison Bader. So let me get this straight. So the Yankees signed Juan Soto, who may be the best young outfielder of this generation. The Dodgers get Otani and Yamamoto, two stars from Japan, and I should be dancing yes, up and down yes, because and of Harrison Bader? I'll tell you why. Oh, why is that? The kid is from Bronxville up in Westchester, a very affluent section, although originally his parents were from Bensonhurst. And the perfect couple, a Jew and a Gentile, his father Louis and his mother Janice. Now, his father's Jewish, right? Uh, is the lead counsel for Verizon. Is that right? Yes. His mother Janice Siciliano. Except Harrison Bader identifies as being Jewish. Does he really? He's going to be the next Hebrew hammer. Forget Archevsky. <laughs> the Hebrew hammer will be Harrison Bader. Did he get bar mitzvahed? Uh, I don't know. We haven't gotten into uh, those see, details. Because you know, I know people that say they're Jewish. They were not. They no bris and no bar mitzvah. How about we go into the uh, clubhouse and we tell him to drop <laughs> his drawers and see if he had a bris, okay? <laughs> see if he has the scars from the bris. <laughs> you know, the moil who's shaking when they have the scalpel in their head. You Jews are crazy. You let a moil who's like 98 years old yeah, and shaking. Yeah, yeah, Blindfolded, right? The spit. You talk about your grandmother with the rum and bean <laughs> stuck in her mouth. These guys look like they just had that trout, trout rum and bean. Yeah, and I told you, the uh, former Dodger great catcher, Steve Yeager, who was in all those Dodger World Series in the 70s against the Yankees, he married a Jewish girl and at the age of 41 had to get a brisk. Oh, God. And he said, and don't forget, the reason why catchers wear that protection under their chin, by their neck, is because Jaeger was the first guy ever where a batter's bat actually broke. It splintered, went into his neck. It was very painful. Uh, he said, Sid, uh, not nearly as painful as my bris uh, at the age of uh, 41. I thought you were going to mention Mike Piazza, the Italian stallion with the shredded bat. And oh, Roger Steroided yeah. up Roger Cummins. Yeah. But let me get back to you. you nude. This is the Hebrew hammer here, Harrison Bader. You know who his first cousin is? First cousin. You've is interviewed him many times. Many here. times. Scott Bale. Scott Bale? Yes. No kidding. Yes. He, you don't know this. He went to Horseman well, High he, School. Well, he's a, Bale's a, Bens- a Bensonhurst guy. That's right. He, he, he wears a mouth guard and the lower part of his mouth yes. so that he can breathe more. I'm telling you, Harrison Bader's going to be the next Tommy A.G. in center field for the New York Mets. Are you drunk? I am not sure. He's not with Tommy H. He, he's best friends with Peter Alonso. They both went to Florida University. They're called the Diesel Brothers. Well, you say Tommy as in Tommy H. But here's another fact, which I think is right. I believe this Bader kid still lives at home. Oh, Mama Luke. So the better analogy, not Tommy H. Tommy DeVito. That's right. And Tommy Cutlets is going to come off the bench on Sunday. Oh, get out of here. And he's going to bring victory against (laughs) the Philadelphia Eagles. Who, if you notice, before the curse of George Norcross was on him, they were 10-1. 
They were on their way to the Super Bowl. They looked great. They were going right back to the Super Bowl. Ever since the owner, another Jew, told security, you tell George Norcross in his executive box to take that Israeli flag down. While fat, stupid, backstabbing Chris Christie sat there and said nothing. That's right, because he was cheering on the Dallas Cowboys that day. Home field right, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Shamu Al-Hefe, Chris Christie, you know, <laughs> cheering on the Cowboys. Security comes up to George Norcross, you got to take the Israeli flag down. George Norcross goes, you got Black Lives Matter flags all over the place. you got to take it down or leave. He goes, yeah, who's going to make me leave? And there was a struggle that ensued. Ever since then, one in four. Look, A.J. Brown decided to do a Steve Carlton and Eddie Murray. (laughs) Wasn't going to talk all week. All of a sudden, they're saying, you know, Sirianni, we thought he was the next uh, Vince Lombardi here. (laughs) He ain't looking too good. The curse I love it. Of George Norcross is upon you, and I will tell you. Jeff Luria. Tommy Jeff Cutlets. Lurie, I'm sorry. Uh, Tommy Cutlets, uh, the next, uh, the, the Mamaluke's going to come off the bench <laughs> yeah. and bring victory. It's going to re- reverse Pasarchik. Remember Pasarchik <laughs> against the Eagles? Yes. It's going to reverse that curse. I'm telling you, you deserve it until the Philadelphia Eagles do right by George Norcross, who is the boss of all bosses of the Democrats in southern Jersey, and owned the Philadelphia Inquirer for a while and I love stayed in Mar-a-Lago. I love George. Bodito loves George, too. And you're right. They've only won one game since. And uh, Pesarczyk, for folks that don't know, was one of the three really rough giant quarterbacks, along with guys like Randy Dean and Jerry Goldstein in the late 1970s before the Giants drafted Phil Sims out of Moorhead State in 1979. He was trying to hand the football off to Larry Zonka. The Giants were winning. If he took a knee, the game would have been over. For some reason, they elected to run a play. He tried to hand it to Hall of Famer Larry Zonka. He fumbled the football. And who picked it up and ran for a touchdown, future Jet coach? Herman Edwards. Yes. Exactly right. Scurried. I was saying, what? <laughs> what did you do, Pesarchik? Wrong way, Pesarchik. Take the knee. Take the knee. <laughs> so stupid. There's the curse right. of George Norcross upon the Philadelphia Eagles. They're going nowhere. And then finally. Finally, who's the biggest Jew hater of all time, and Jews just seem to love him. There he was for the Brooklyn Nets, where without Jews going into Barclays Center, there'd almost be nobody there to watch games. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. I think by the end of it, you're right, you're right. He said a lot of things, and the Jews, especially the uh, the religious guys, they still continue to show up in root form. But by the time he left... And went to Dallas. I think the Jews had had enough of this guy. Yeah, because remember, all of a sudden he pulled his apology down. Yes. That he had put up on Instagram. Oh, I apologize, Jews. Please come back. And he's not that far removed. Only a couple of months right after the attacks in Israel from wearing a kafir to a Dallas Maverick right. post conference. Right. And, and, and who, stupid Mark Cuban let him do it. Oh, Mark Cuban's a Jew. A Jew from Pittsburgh who then sold the franchise to the biggest Jews in America, the Adelson family from yeah. Las Vegas. Miriam is now going to be the prime owner. They're grooming her son to be able to run it for Mark Cuban, who wants to spend the rest of his life on Shark Tank coin. <laughs> I really thought that Kyrie Irving was going to well, uh, amend this way. You know what he did? 
He's, he's the, a jerk off. The Utah Jazz floor, right? It's an away game for the Mavericks against Utah Jazz. And there are some, uh, they have to be Chabad. I've spent time in Salt Lake City. You, you'd be hard-pressed to find one Jew amongst all those Mormons, right? <laughs> so they got four of these rabbis there, right? They're sitting there. They got a sign, I'm a Jew and I'm proud. Naturally, they got the best seats, right? Because Jews always got to sit courtside. My God, they don't sit up in the nosebleed section. Not just sort of sound like Kyrie Irving at this point. We own the teams. We run the banks. We get the best seats. So they're holding these signs up. I'm a Jew and I'm proud of it. And so Kyrie Irving, during a break, goes over to security and says, get them the hell out of here. Get them out of here. I don't want to see that sign. I'm a Jew and I'm proud. And then all of a sudden, they hassle Rabbi Avram Zippel. Oh, what a name, Zippel. One of the greats. And they (laughs) tell this, probably the only rabbi in all of Utah, right? Yeah, You know, Mitt Romney said, you know, I've got a rabbi here. It's the only one in all of Utah. And they tell him, you either take the sign off or you get the hell out of it. Even though they got Black Lives Matter signs all everywhere, over. Everywhere, yes. All over. So Kyrie Irving again strikes at the Jews. Aye, aye, and aye, what aye, other aye. team that's owned by a Jew out there will want him playing for them, right? There you have it. Harrison Bader, the Philadelphia Eagles, and Kyrie Irving. Don't tell me Curtis Sliwa can't talk sports with oh, the oh, best wait, of them. Wait, there's one more. Oh, there's, there's another one sports one? Uh, the other day, you threw, you threw out the WA. ABC, Sid Rosenberg, welcome, Matt, to Paul Carlucci, Jr., who yes, has I joined yeah. our sales staff here at WABC. His father, maybe one of the greatest sales guys of all times, Paul Carlucci, Sr., from Astoria. At the time, Paul Carlucci was the publisher of the New York Post for Rupert Murdoch. So his son, Paul Carlucci, Jr., actually conveyed bad news to him. Because the agent for Dan Marino, your favorite from the Miami Dolphins. Ralph Stringer is the agent, no? Uh, reached out to Paul Carlucci Sr., yeah, yeah. who was the publisher of the Post, and he said, I got a problem, Paul. I've never asked you for a favor. Dan Marino is having a marital issue, a baby out of wedlock. Page six is all over it. They, they, they want to publish it. Paul, you got to do me a favor. You got to stop it. So Paul says, you got to understand, as publisher of the New York Post, you don't tell page six what to do. Only the Murdochs can tell them. I can suggest it, but I'm telling you this ain't going to be good for your client. So Paul sits down with page six, please. Don't publish this. Then all of a sudden, Paul Carlucci Jr., his son, calls up his dad in the morning and says, Hey, Pop, you did a great job. You, you kept it out of page six. It's on the front page of the New York Post because the managing editor oh my God. put it right on the front page. Oh my God. It shows you you think... You yeah. think people have kind of, page six, basically, it, it's an entity of its own. A similar story when, uh, hold on to the music, Diego. When we, uh, I got in trouble for Imus for the Williams sisters' comments. And uh, Chernoff told me to stay home and said, be ready, this may get very, very ugly. And I was in Riverdale in the Bronx, and Danielle was in Florida. And uh, she got up very early in, in Florida, and she bought the New York Post. And she looked at the back of the paper because I was a sports announcer for Imus. So she thought, okay, sports, Sid, it'll be in the back of the paper. Well, she looks through the back of the paper. She calls me. She goes, oh, thank God. You're not in the New York Post. I go, good, thank God. Two minutes later, she calls me hysterical crying. You're on page two. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Page two. Not in the back where the sports are. Page two. And then, of course, you know what happened that day. Howard Stern defended me. Everybody defended me, even the girls on The View. And Imus had no choice but to bring me back. But similar story. We thought the back of the paper, page two. But let me compliment Eric Adams. This is a first on the Sid Rosenberg Show. 
New York City is back. As I was walking from the number six train, again, it was late, homeless, emotionally disturbed, and junkies shooting fentanyl. I passed an empty storefront just a block away from us. I saw balloons festooned everywhere. Grand opening. I said, oh, my oh my God, New York City is back. It's a weed shop half a block away from us. I looked in the window. I saw every conceivable weed shop product in the world. You know there are 36,000 illicit, illegal weed shops all over New York State. Only 38 legal ones and only 12 in New York City. And you know something, Sid? This one is illegal, but it shows you New York City is back. An illegal weed shop half a block away and then welcoming everybody in. Hey, deductions on your weed, all your gooby products, all your ancillary weed products. New York City has become the weed capital of America Thank you, Eric. Swagger man with no plan. Mayor of the illegal aliens, Adam.